details from the mother. All right, hey everybody. Welcome to our live Boston Preview podcast. I'm Ben Rosario, coach of the Hoka NAZ Elite Squad, and I'm here with Rory Linkletter, Scott Smith, Scott Bauble, and Julia Griffey. We are here to chat about all things Boston. It is Tuesday. We are live. It is October uh, 5th, and we are less than a week away now from the 2021 Boston Marathon, Marathon, excuse me. This crew is in Michigan, in Rochester Hills. They've been there since last Wednesday, getting some sea level running in before they head to Boston. So everybody, well, how is it going? Julia, I'll start with you. How is it going in Michigan living with these three for a week? It's, it's going great. It's fun. It's uh, sea level. It's... Um... We're all, I think I'm the only one that has not working on my mustache this week, but other than that, it's been, it's been a good time. Excellent. Rory, tell us about this mustache. Well, um, this mustache has been a work in progress here for a really, really long time. Uh, I wanted to have them when my son was born, which was two months ago. So I had I had the length then, but most recently I, I took some enhancement for it. I, I, I gave it a little bit of a color touch up. And uh, if you're on the live right now and looking at it, you, you can see that it's, it's popping. That's, that's great. That's great. I've just been informed my, by my producer here that I screwed one thing up. We're definitely live now on YouTube. We, we, we missed Julia's uh, intro. So Julia, I'll just, I'll just go back to you in a second. Okay. All right, Scott Smith, how are you doing in Michigan? Turn that down. I'm great. This, the sea level suits me much better than the altitude. So uh, runs have felt much better than they had in the past. So I'm, I'm excited. I haven't stayed with Roy for a workout. Nice. Nice. Fobbs, how you doing? Yeah, man, I'm good. Uh, no complaints. I'll go back to Julia. What, what, what do you think of these mustaches? Um, I fully support the mustaches. I'm not sure their wives and fiancés do, but um, it's been a fun, entertaining week to see the evolvement from beard to mustache to uh, Rory's a little bit tinted mustache. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's great. Boys, are, th- are these staying for race day? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm like, I'm like 85% sure. <laughs> He's, his mustache is staying. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, well, this is great. Okay. I'm glad to see you guys. First of all, um, we put this together uh, pretty quickly, but hopefully we get some people live. Uh, if you're watching live on YouTube, uh, please feel free to uh, drop any sort of comments, questions in the chat. Uh, We will certainly get to them if we can. I see some people are on now, so appreciate you joining us. Um, I thought maybe we'd start with why are you guys in Michigan? Uh, Just whoever wants to take that on. Rory. Um, Well, for me, I I thought the big advantage was just to get over here early enough to adjust to the time zone. But since being here and seeing the forecast as we get a little bit closer, 
it also turns out that it's a perfect uh, forecast practice going into Boston. And we have pretty much the same weather down to humidity and degrees uh, every day out here. And I think that that'll, that'll benefit us well. And I think that there's something for to be said for uh, going away and going to sea level for the recovery and like focusing with people all getting ready for the same thing. Um, not that we don't love being at home in Flagstaff with our families, but uh, there's, there's some benefit to like that team camp vibe. I got yeah, you. I will. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'd echo that with, um, I really think it's a huge benefit coming from the altitude to the sea level humidity. Uh, getting that sweat in that I haven't been, like I'm not used to getting in um, Flagstaff has been an adjustment. And then, yeah, definitely the rest, the recovery um, and getting away, getting your mindset, like focusing on the race um, early. I think that's huge as well. Scott Fauble, why did, why did we pick Rochester Hills? Uh, I think we picked Rochester Hills. You used to live here. And um, we, uh, we sort of, we were here last year for the two races that the, the Hansons were like awesome enough to put on. So we sort of knew the area. There's a lot of good flat running and um, we knew some physios in the area. So we've, so we've been able to get physical therapy and massage. Yeah, you guys have been going to my old uh, teammate, my old buddy, Clint Barron, right? He has Clint Barron Sports Medicine. They've been really wonderful to us. So if you're in Rochester and you need some PT or massage, Clint Barron Sports Medicine is the way to go. Uh, Scott Smith, was uh, so you said Stony Creek was nicer to you this time around, huh? Yeah, yeah, much better this time around than <laughs> last time I was out there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's uh I, I haven't really spent much time out in these parts and the running here is really good. So it's been, all the runs have been great so far. Have you run on the Pink Creek trail then most days or, or where have you gone? Oh, we're Pink Creek. We're what's the one we did yesterday. Clinton river. Clinton river. We went off Stony Creek for the long run to some dirt roads. Yeah. We're seeing it all. Probably not all, but a lot. Excellent. Excellent. Um, all right, well, let's talk about a few other things. I've got, I've got a number of little items here and questions uh, related to Boston and your preparation. Um, a couple of questions about um, uh, the race, obviously, on Monday, and then we're going to finish up with Boston movie trivia. So I've spent most of the last two hours preparing the trivia uh, <laughs> but, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll do some marathon stuff too. So, um, all right, let's do this. Uh, during this trip, not, or during this segment, not only are you coming to Michigan for sea level training right at the end, but we also took a trip out to Boston in August for some course recon. So who wants to tell us about that trip, why we did it and, and what we learned? I'll go since I didn't, I'm the only one here that hasn't run the race before. Uh, it was strictly to see the course and get ready for what uh, is one of the more dynamic and unpredictable courses uh, in the world marathon major scene, at least in the U.S. So Boston is unlike any other because it's a net downhill course with some pretty big uphills. Once you get to 15 miles through 2021, uh, the Newton Hills, as they're famously known. And we just wanted an opportunity to go out there and uh, visualize and get ready for what, what will be on October 11th. 
Julia, the last time you were there was 2018, like Scott Smith, uh, although he also watched in 19. But in 18, you raced in the crazy year with the wind and the rain and the freezing temps. I remember on the course trip, you saying that you didn't really remember much of it because of the weather. So do you feel like people who ran in 18 are going to get a whole different view of this course now? Oh, 100%. I, when we were even there or did the long run, um, when we got to see most of the course and we did like, um, kind of a hard on the hills at the end there just to get some training in that I, I didn't remember any of that in the race, just because I think the weather was so bad. I was focused on survival versus, um, really looking at the course or paying attention to what I was doing. And by the end of it, I was so destroyed. I wasn't even comprehending what I was running. So I think it was like a brand new, it was a brand new course for me when we were doing um, those three days here, kind of going over it. Um, it was so like, yeah, I think anyone that ran in 2018 is going to be uh, like, if you haven't seen the course since then, it's going to look and feel so different. At least that's the vibe I got when I, we were doing those training runs. I was, it was like, this is something new that I hadn't ran before. Um, so hopefully, yeah, with a different day, we, it's, I was very glad we went back to pre-sea and kind of know what to expect now. 2018 was a, not a good day for touring a course. And I don't think we had much crowd support that day either. So. So Scott and Scott, you've been there many times, raced it each once and, um, and toured the course a number of times. Scott Smith, what's, what's your favorite part of the course, your favorite section of the Boston Marathon? Um, well, similar to Julia, like I, I, it's hard to single out one part of the course. Cause I, I've only, I think it'd be easier if I ran it during a good year to really see the like different characteristics of the parts of the course. And, um, but my, I guess to frame it, the, the way that I'm looking forward to most, the part I'm looking forward to most is kind of the section right after like after the hills at Boston college, kind of that screaming downhill, hoping to have my legs under me there. And then really starting to attack the race is hopefully what will be my favorite part looking back at the end, but the finish like is always my favorite, like going and watching, you know, it's just re a really awesome, unique event. Fobs, what's your favorite section? Uh, I think I'm looking forward to most, from the firehouse at 17.3 to getting over a heartbreak. I think that's the part. And a lot of it is like sort of a, a race strategy, but like, I really want to be looking forward to that part because it's the hardest part, but it's also um, like it's where the race is made. It's where all the big moves happen. It's where the action happens and there's awesome crowds along the way. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to making that right turn at the fire station and, and hitting the last three Newton Hills. Very nice. Um, while we're still, um, there's a question. I'll, I'll get to I'll get to questions along the way when they when they uh, fit with the with the conversation. So, are people about, talking about Rory's mustache a lot in there? <laughs> there, there. Actually, there's one Rory question so far, which is: Can anyone confirm or deny whether Rory is chatty on the long run? Rory is confirm. always chatty. Next question. <laughs> always chatty. <laughs> Not just on the long run, always, always. Um, no, this this person asked, uh, <clears throat> do you have any tips on tempo effort uh, 
you know, based with max heart rate in the low 190s, when adding hilly effort, would you set a max heart rate for Boston on the hills? I think, I think maybe this crew, we don't do as much heart rate based training, but I think we could certainly discuss um, how to adjust your pace, which I think, you know, sort of uh, goes hand in hand with heart rate when you're running on a hilly course. So let's say guys that we, um, we're getting ready. Um, Scott and Scott may be able to answer this pretty well because we trained so much on hills for Atlanta for the trials. When you're purposefully running a hilly course in training uh, to get ready for a hilly marathon, how do you adjust? I personally, on hilly sections, I think we kind of fall into this trap that since it feels harder, we need to kind of lean into that and make it harder instead of kind of focusing on maintaining the same effort because yeah, you may get through the hill faster that way. And, and it may feel good to like really push into the hill. But if you do that and you fry yourself coming off the hill, what did that really accomplish? Um, so yeah, you may crush it up the hill, but if you can't come off the hill and use the downhill to your advantage or get it back going once you're flat, it, it was kind of a useless um, use of effort. So I try to stay as relaxed as I can on hills Obviously, like if a move is being made in those hilly sections of um, the new and hills, like you're going to have to focus and engage and really tough it out. But in training, I would kind of judge my effort as I would on the flat section. And if I can't get back on to the pace after the hill, then I probably ran it too hard. Yeah, I, th I think I think if you were equating that to, to heart rate, you would see a jump in heart rate when you're running uphill, of course. Um, and I think that's okay. But what Scott's saying is you, you should keep your effort level, uh, similar. If you, if you raise your effort level, every time you hit an uphill, then your heart rate may get too high and it may be tough to get it back down. So you're really trying to keep that effort level the same. The heart rate will go up a little bit, but hopefully not too terribly much. Uh, okay. So let's go to my next set of questions. Let's talk about this training segment for each of you, uh, individually. And I kind of have a little different question for, for each of you. So for Scott Fauble, um, this is probably a question you'll get asked at the, at the press conference or, or, um, you know, from the media during the course of the week anyway. Um, so maybe this is good practice, but how has this training segment gone compared to 2019, which ended up with you finishing seventh and, and running 209.09? Yeah. Um, I think it was, it was similar. It probably wasn't quite as flashy. Um, I don't know that I had like the in 2019, I had like numerous sessions that you could call a home run for sure. And in this one, I had one session that I really knocked out of the park and only one session in the last like 17 or 18 weeks that I just couldn't, couldn't finish. And everything in between was, they were really solid. So I think this one probably had less highs and lows, um, which I think I'm in a very similar spot. Um, going into this one. And I think I was much more, I took a, like a longer view on this one. Like I, my goal going in was really to hit every session in the segment. And I think in 2019, there were some where it was like, this, and I had kind of reckless abandon and that left me fried for like a couple of workouts afterwards or something, um, which isn't necessarily a sustainable way to train. So I think this one was, was more steady and, and probably more mature and probably more 
um, like globally focused as opposed to kind of the aggression I had in 2019. That's exactly what I said to Jonathan Galt uh, yesterday from Let's Run. Similar, similar take. Uh, Scott Smith, so talk about um, training for the marathon as you've gotten older. So as a veteran, of course, you've been through many, many marathon training segments. You've had a number of fantastic marathons in your career. Um, but I think we joke on the team, not always necessarily – in line with how good the segment was leading in. So now, um, now that you are a veteran and you've been through this many times, um, how have you adjusted training in preparation for a marathon as you've gotten older? Um, it's just much harder for me to train at the level that I used to. So I have had to learn to convince myself that just cause I'm not hitting the same workouts I may have been able to hit even two, three years ago, it doesn't mean that I'm any less fit. I still ran those same workouts two, three years ago. Like they, they didn't just evaporate and disappear. It wasn't another guy that did that. I still did those. They're still, so the kind of, kind of what I tell them, I have told myself for the last couple of marathon buildups where maybe they haven't gone the way that it would have if I was younger and recovered better is like exactly that. Those ones, those ones didn't go anywhere. If I can get to some sort of base level of fitness, that's what I need to convince myself that I have the mental tools, the toughness tools to navigate the race when it comes to still succeed at and perform at a high level. Um, I may not be able to access all the physical tools and training that I used to be able to, but the longevity of my career, I think I have kind of, I don't know, to, belabor the analogy like a wider toolbox that might not just be physical and i think there's other things i can reach for in there come race day makes sense uh rory they say whoever they are that people figure out the marathon their third time out uh and there is a lot of evidence that a lot of the top marathoners um, have run their best marathon on their third one. It's not always the case, but um, now that you're going into your third one, talk a little bit about what you learned and how you've been able to take those lessons and apply it to this segment as you prepare for Boston. Yeah. Um, both of my first two marathons. Uh, well, first one, I was given a little bit of a uh, abbreviated segment. I didn't have as many uh, opportunities to really go for it. I was just learning and it was hard to just do the workouts. Like the workouts themselves were enough. The second time through, I was much more ambitious. It was for a time trial-esque race. And uh, we were, I was kind of fixated on running a time. And I was trying to force that time through training. And I, I wanted it really bad. And this uh, segment specifically, I feel like I've learned enough from the first two marathons that all that really matters is that you're, that you're strong enough, uh, and calloused to the, to the race and mentally know what, what's going to happen. And so that you can take each punch as they come and adjust. And for me personally, I feel like it's not going to surprise me this time. And maybe that's foolish because it can always find a way to surprise you in some way or another. But I feel like after having done two, I'm pretty ready for most scenarios that could play out. And I've thought about the potential for multiple scenarios and I feel like mentally I'll be, I'll be in a place where 
there are no surprises. I know that it's going to be extremely hard at one point or another. It could be early. It could be late. Um, and I know that I'm going to have to just trust in everything that I've done and that those first two segments are still helping me and I'm building upon those. And this, these aren't independent acts. Like, like Scott Smith said, each one builds on itself. And I do feel like uh, maybe third time is the charm for me. I feel a lot more uh, prepared mentally and physically. And this segment was as good as any that I've had or better. So I feel good about it. Awesome. All right, Julia. So what has been the biggest challenge for you coming from St. Louis and sea level um, and the training you were doing there to a pro group and altitude and all these new training partners, high level training partners, what's, what's been the biggest challenge and then what have you learned? What's the biggest thing you've learned from some of the veterans on the team? Um, I would say the biggest challenge is letting go of paces. Um, I did a lot of workouts and a lot of time, and then I come to altitude and I'm running 15, 20 seconds slower per mile. And it's hard. And I'm like, trying to tell myself I didn't suddenly like become a slower runner. Uh, so that's really been like, just not trying to focus on those. That's been hard. It's like focusing on the paces and the times and the splits, um, looking at all the numbers and trying to let go of that. And like, then you've wrote some good workouts for me that I look at it on paper and I'm like, God, that is so slow. But then I have to take into account everything like the altitude adjustment and my time adjustment. And it's more about getting through the workout and feeling good versus hitting the exact times that I was hitting there. There is that adjustment. And that's been, um, I think mentally and physically a challenge, but learning. And that's something that uh, a lot of the girls have helped with, uh, coming from St. Louis. I, I really just, I didn't train with other females. I trained with a bunch of guys. And now I have girls on this team that I just have like looked up to and are, have been in this sport a lot longer than I have. And I just have a lot to learn from them. So that's been really cool. And they always offer advice. Like don't play the comparison game. Like I'm running, I can't compare what I'm running to what Seth, Alfie and Kellen are running. And that's, and they, they say, Hey, we all started somewhere. And there, that's something I've learned from all the girls is just continuously like reminding yourself that you're your own person and you have your own path and um, don't, try and be the exact same as someone else. And um, I feel like the team's been supportive on reminding you that. And then like anything, they're like here to push you in the end, make you better. You can only learn from them. So that's been, I think, really helpful is having them and watching some of the workouts they do and just seeing how they, they get through pain because we all feel pain. So uh, it's good to see everyone and how, how they mentally and physically get through it. I'll stick with you for a second because instead of asking everyone their race plans, uh, which I don't really want to ask uh, on, on this, um, I'll ask you what you're looking forward to about some of the others. So for you, Julia, when you think about these three guys, what are you looking forward to them uh, doing on, on Monday? I'm excited for them. I think I've been with these guys for all of the big major workouts. We've traveled together a lot. Um, we did a lot of long runs together and, um, I've got to see them crush some workouts. And I know that both the Scots are veterans and have placed very high at Boston. And I think they have a chance of even placing higher. And I'm super excited to be part of the team that has, 
opportunity to do that. And then worry, I think is just ready to crush this marathon. You see some of his workouts and it's very, very impressive. So I'm excited to um, celebrate after the marathon with these three guys as well. <laughs> Bob's, what about, um, what about Julia? What, what is exciting about having somebody new on the team that's just learning uh, all this stuff that she was just talking about and, and um, what she can, what are you excited for her uh, on Monday? I think one thing that's been really exciting about having Julia on the team is, um, you know, you, fans wouldn't think that like desire or wanting it in this sport is ever like lacking at the professional level, but it is like, you meet a lot of professionals who they're going through the motions and they've been doing this for a few years and they don't want it the same way. And uh, it's been very clear from the start with Julia that wanting it is not, is not an issue. Like she wants it as bad or just as bad as anybody. And that's an infectious thing to be around, you know, as somebody who really, really wants to accomplish their goals and is willing to do everything she can and, you know, do be as professional as she can and take care of all of her bases uh, in order to accomplish her goals. That's that attitude grows on itself. And uh, it's been really cool to, to be around that a lot. This, this block. Awesome. Uh, okay. Scott Smith, Julia mentioned some of the big sessions Rory's had. Tell us how fit Rory is and what you think uh, about his race on Monday. Oh, he's very fit. You think an unfit guy could wear a mustache like that? That should give you all the indication you need. He's confident enough to wear that around, man. Imagine what he'll do on Monday. But yeah, he's like watching these guys do workouts. Well, I don't get to watch them because I'm so far back, but like hearing their splits at the end, be like, oh man, like, so I, I told him right after that 16 mile steady state he did is like, that's, and I, you know, I've been out. I like Mary a lot. I've seen a lot of workouts out there over the last decade plus. And that was one of the best ones I'd ever seen. I told him, I was like, man, that was one of the best steady states I've ever seen, like right after. And it was, it wasn't just like, I was, I wasn't in awe of the moment. I was just like, you read his final time. I was like that. Yeah. That's up there with the best ones that I, that I'm aware of at least. And so uh, I think he's very excited for Monday. And if he can contain that excitement and unleash it over the final stages of Boston, he's going to have a very successful day. Well, that's very nice, uh, Rory, huh? All these people think you're very fit. Um, like that. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what have you learned from the Scots, and what are you looking forward to on Monday in terms of racing with them? Yeah, so I ask a lot of questions of these guys. I try to pick their brains as much as I can because they, they uh, clearly have tons of experience over me and, and have had more success than I have in this event. And that's no, uh, no secret. So I always am asking these guys questions and I'm always trying to key off them. And, and, uh, and I feel like I can learn a lot from even like just the way Scott Smith approaches marathons and marathon training. He's got a really level head about everything. Keeps his emotions in check. He trusts himself very, very much so. And uh, he doesn't need to prove himself in any other way other than he just knows, Hey, I'm good at this and I'm going to show up and I'm going to compete. And that's, that's all that really matters. And uh, Bobble uh, has really big goals uh, for all these big races and, and, uh, you can see him level up his intensity when a race like Boston is on the 
on the calendar and, it, and there's just a lot of excitement in, in that. And then knowing that both these guys have been top 10 at this race and, and uh, getting to train with them makes it feel realistic for me to shoot for some of those goals. And that's, that's super exciting. And I know that they'll both be there and that they're going to leave it all out there. And I'm going to just try to key off them. Like I have throughout all of training and just trust that there's some comfort in like, Hey, we've endured uh, eight to 10 to 12 weeks of, of marathon training together. Why can't we endure 26 more miles or two hours and some change? Love it. Okay. Two questions. And then we will roll forward into Boston movie trivia. So um, one of the questions and, and uh, anybody can raise their hand here, but why did, why did you guys choose Boston over Chicago? Same weekend, obviously. Scott Fauble. Um, I chose Boston because I think, uh, I think I can win Boston and whether that's this year or in the future, um, you got to give yourself as many cracks as you can at, you know, at winning one of these big races that in order to, to break through, you know, you look at what some other people have done, Des, Meb, Shalane, like this was, they ran Boston, New York as many times as they could, because those are the ones that they felt like they had a shot to win. And you look at Chicago and it's probably going to be one in 205, 206. And I got a lot of self-belief, but I don't, I don't know if that's in the cards. Um, but Boston, you know, when I ran in 2019, I was there at 22 miles. Like I might've been a minute off the lead at the finish line, but I got there with a shot to win, you know, and I'm going to keep going to races that I have a shot to win as opposed to chasing chasing times. Um, the times come from racing anyway. There's no reason you can't run fast in Boston or New York. So I'm going to these races where I have a shot to win and I'm going to do it as many times as I can, as many, you know, bites of the apple as possible. Scott Smith, I think it's an interesting question for you because you've had success at both races, um, Chicago and Boston, you've run well in, in both uh, spots. So uh, why did you choose Boston? Um, it kind of has, I get later in my career and it's been a few years now, kind of asking myself these questions of like, what do I want to experience in the sport before I'm done with it? And that was one of the reasons for choosing Boston in 2018. And then of course, 2018 was the wild weather year. And I, I didn't, well, I had a great experience and I, you know, it was still an incredible day. And I was really proud of myself for that, the effort I put forth. Um, I don't feel like I got the full Boston experience that I kind of had seen over the years coming and running the 5k and watching and being there when Meb won and getting the whole, really the whole city out to watch the marathon. It was because it was, you know, people were smart and they didn't want to be out there on the course. Um, so, and I, I've ran Chicago and I've been there to pace as well. And so I've got that experience and I've ran well there. Um, but I really want to go back wanted to go back to Boston and kind of get the whole experience, I guess, um, is the, the main reason. And of course there's professional reasons that come into play, um, choosing, you know, what, which one is going to suit you and your bank account the best is also goes along with it. Sure. Um, let me, let me do a different question. I'll, I'll throw this one at Julia and Rory, maybe everybody actually. Um, uh, somebody just asked how, how many miles did you top out at before your taper? So I'll just go around the horn. Uh, Julia, highest mileage week this segment. 
Um, I had a couple that were 110, but that's the highest I got. I was between 115 and 120 for about five weeks. Scott Smith? Uh, probably 110. I, I don't keep a very detailed analytical lock, but I'll go, I'll go, I'll go with what Julia said. Scott Fobble. I think I was 106. Got it. So as you can probably see, 106 then. I was probably 106. <laughs> as you can see, there's a little variety. Everybody's a little bit different. Um, different spots in their career, different uh, physiological skill sets. And so not everybody does the exact same thing. But um, but I would say on, on the big workouts, uh, everybody here on this uh, panel has done most of the same thing uh, along the way for the big sessions. Okay, who's ready for Boston movie trivia? Here we go. Um, here's the here's the um, here's the way we're gonna do it. I have a ton of questions here. I'm gonna ask the question. You got to go hand up. So first one with the hand up gets called on. Now, no cheating because if you get it wrong, you're gonna lose a point. So you get negative one. So you can't just throw your hand up. You got to really know it. Um, I yeah. am doomed against these guys. Yeah, how, how is how is anyone going to be Scott? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's got to mute themselves so that no one's blurting out answers. <laughs> I hope he's going to blurt out an answer. We're okay. They, they might be blurting out answers. We're going to cheat. You can mute yourself if you wish. Um, Jen is keeping track of the score. She's over. She's producing this program uh, today. And uh, you know, if you want to play along at home, uh, that's fine. You guys aren't reading the chat, are you? Okay, no reading the chat for you guys. I, I have been, but it's delayed about 15 seconds, so I don't think it'll be coming in. All right, all right, issue. all right. Here we go. So um, question number one. Now, these are all Boston-based movies. So here we go. Who played Sean Parker in The Social Network? Scott Fall. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake is correct. One point. For Fobs. Okay. Number two, the song I'm Shipping Up to Boston featured in The Departed is sung by what Celtic punk band? Fobs. Dropkick Murphys. Correct. Scott, you were close on that one, Scott Smith. Why, okay. Can we go before? Like, I knew what you were going to ask. Can I? Go yes, you can early? go as soon as you know it. Oh, okay. Even okay. If you haven't finished the question. You don't have to finish the, I don't have to finish the question. All right. Well, that was the only one I was going to get probably. Okay. <laughs> In the movie Goodwill Hunting, what arbitrary food does Will suggest he and Skylar eat in Fobble? God darn it. Yeah. Caramels. Correct. Okay, I gotta I gotta pick one that you're that everybody's got a shot at. Okay. I'm skipping this next one. Uh, going to number five. Uh, this actor produced and starred in the film. Patriots Day about the tragic bombings at the okay Scott oh, no 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 I raised it when you said Patriot and it's not even a Boston movie okay he's passing Rory was next I'm gonna go Mark Wahlberg Mark Wahlberg is correct Rory is on the board with one okay this Grammy winning singer songwriter sings everybody needs a best friend and makes a cameo in the movie Ted. Scott Smith. No, no, I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's, I don't know if that counts as a negative or not. He's done that twice now. I don't care. Put me down for negatives. All right. Going once, going twice, sold. That is Nora Jones. Nora Jones makes an appearance in Ted. Okay. Um, I'm counting on you here, Julia. This is a baseball question. This film, a remake of a British rom-com about a soccer-obsessed teacher, gave fans a glimpse into the life of a Red Sox season ticket holder played by Jimmy Fallon. Fobbs. Fever pitch. Correct. Has he got four now? Oh, man. All right. Why is it just Boston movies? Like, why is it just movie trivia? That's heavily skewed towards Fobbs. Yeah, I don't watch movies. This is, I'm done. I give myself zero. (laughs) The fans, you know, the fans are watching. Okay, they're playing along. All right. In the movie The Town, John Hamm's character, FBI agent Frawley, refers to Ben Affleck and Jeremy Renner's gang by what nickname? Bob's. The Not Fucking Around Crew. (laughs) That's correct. That is correct. That's five for Fawble. Fawble wins. Um, well, that was kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> Let me, do you want to play a couple more questions just for fun? I really You're having fun? This is fun? Just for fun. I really worked hard. For what, <laughs> for what Boston-based movie did Martin Scorsese win his only Best Director Oscar? I mean, I know this. I'm going to let them give a shot, have a shot though. All right, what is it? The Departed. The Departed. Okay, good God. All right, here's a running one. This movie, though based in Canada, featured a climactic scene where the movie's main character, a 13-year-old boy, tries to win the Boston Marathon. Scott Smith. Say Ralph. Boom. Yes. (laughs) This guy's crushing. Um, You know um, that, Scott? Did Scott know that? I didn't. Oh! How about that? Um... Sean Penn and Tim Robbins won Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor uh, for their roles in this 2003 mystery film set in Boston. What is it, Fobbs? Mystic River. That's correct. All right, let me see if there's any other ones that other people will get. Um, Okay, this is just a phone. This is my last one I'll ask. What's the last line in the movie Goodwill Hunting? The last spoken line. Rory. Uh, I had to see about a girl. Close. What is what is what is uh, Robin Williams character say after he reads that note? He says he stole my line. Yeah, he says, son of a bitch, stole my line. That's the last one. All right. Well, hopefully, Julia, this inspires you to watch some Boston based <laughs> movies. I will say in the, the week that we've been here, I've watched more movies than I have in the past year. So the, the guys are helping me. What, what's the best movie you guys have watched in the last week, Julia? Um, well, last night we watched a pretty funny one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, very good. You had never seen that? I had, uh, um, I had seen, when it first came out, the beginning of it, but I had not seen it all the way through. And I kind of forgot that I had even seen it until we started watching it. So I count that as my first full time watching it. I'm not a movie buff like these guys. i'm trying though you're trying you're trying well this has been good um we will look forward to seeing you guys in boston next monday um 
appreciate everybody watching and, and listening once we get this out on the podcast uh, circuit. Um, I think that you guys will get to Boston on Thursday. There'll be some press conferences on Friday, and then we will race on Monday. Any final thoughts? Rory, you're, you're sure, you're certain that you're going to wear that mustache on Monday. I don't said you influence him. He's going to wear not certain. it. I'm like, I'm 85%. It's growing 85%. on me, literally and, uh, and figuratively. I'm starting to enjoy it a little bit more. It's not, it doesn't seem as foreign. And how is it so dark? Um, just for men. <laughs> that's great that's great all right you guys thanks for doing this on short notice appreciate it uh we'll see you guys in boston this weekend see ya see ya Later.